Hello, welcome to the first Journal of African History podcast. Today we are in conversation with Aisatu Imboj, who is an anthropologist at the CNRS in Paris, but she's written a lovely piece on radio history that will be in issue 62-1 of the Journal of African History this year. I'm Marissa Mormon. I'm one of the editors of the journal, and I'm in conversation with Isatu today. Welcome, Isatu. Great to have you here. Hi, Marissa. Can you tell us just briefly what the argument of your article in the Journal of African History is and does? My current project explores the local perspectives on migration and more widely speaking mobility in the region of Kai, west of Mali. And during my field work, I went to the oldest radio station in town, Radio Rural de Kai, opened in 1988 as the first non-state radio of the country. Uh, it was under the military regime of Moussa Traoré, so before the political transition of 1991-1992 and the advent of media pluralism in Mali. And I realized that this unique case had never been uh, thoroughly researched. So as I was collecting memories of the foundation of the station, I repeatedly heard stories about roads. And indeed, the radio station was part of a development project designed by an Italian NGO as part of a wider program which included a road. So sure, the joint implementation of several means of communication and transportation is part of many colonial and post-colonial projects. And you can think of other pairs, for instance, between the telegraph and the railway. But uh, in this piece, I trace the untying of such an association. Radio Rural de Caille began as an intervention on space, so as to open up, in French, désenclavé, a whole region. But its ambition evolved as local actors and notably migrants came in and rather used radio to reinforce transnational social and cultural connections. So the focus on the piece is on the limited currency of the image of the radio as a road. It's a really fantastic article, um, and I really enjoyed it. Could you talk a little bit about the sources that you use to write that history? Yes. Um, for this article, I have uh, relied mainly on uh, interviews. I met people who uh, still worked at the station, who were there in 1988, and are still there, and others who have left the station, thus collecting at times complementary and at times diverging um, accounts. I notably study how the understanding of Radio Rural de Caille as the first free radio, Radio Libre, was uh, disputed. Uh, in addition, I was lucky to find a very well-kept written archive at the station, which, include, um, which includes official documents detailing the negotiations with the Malian state, but also listeners' letters, which offer insight into who listened to the radio and from where. 
In particular, I came across a box of letters sent to the radio in the first weeks when the radio went on air, where listeners suggested names for the station. And from these letters, it is clear that urban uh, dwellers were among the most avid listeners, which obviously complicates the notion of a rural radio. In the future, I intend to analyze in much deeper detail these letters and also to dive into the oral archives of the radio, which for the moment are mostly um, piles of tapes and for which, together with the radio team, I am developing a digitization project. Fantastic. So you're creating, uh, you're helping to produce a new digital archive then of, of materials. Yes, yes we're working on that. Fantastic. Can you say a bit what you think um, is interesting or significant for historians from this story of, of radio in Mali under the dictatorship and um, in this kind of border region area? Uh, so this case uh, disrupts the established uh, narrative of the liberalization of waves as tied to the um, so-called democratization moment. And it suggests that radio stations are key sites and repositories from which uh, we consider especially uh, regional uh, histories. And, and obviously, as you are well aware from your own work on radio on, in Angola, it's part of a growing uh, scholarship on um, radio stations uh, across uh, the continent and in a multidisciplinary perspective. Right. One of the things I really love about it is the emphasis also on the relationship between radio infrastructure and the roads, which I think is so important, especially looking at um, new work that's been done on the history of transportation and on, and on the history of roads on the African continent. Um, so you have for us today one, uh, a piece of sound from the archives. Um, can we play a bit of that and ask you to talk about it? Yes, please. Okay, let me... Cue that up, here we go. Daru Dulenki Daru Dulenki, Kenny Masalai, Agagilara Hayra Junkaki Yiri. We've just heard the voice of Umar Diaguraga, also known as Diagus. I don't know if on your field world too, um, uh, radio hosts have uh, nicknames, but I think it's quite common. Yes. So uh, he came from the town of Nuru and he was recruited for the radio while he was um, passing in Kai for a state-sponsored uh, cultural event. The flute is played by Baba Sisoro, who was a member of a musical company from another town, uh, Yelimani. So this evidences the importance of um, circulations within Mali uh, that were also crucial to the development of the station uh, besides the prominent role of international migrants. Diagouraga here introduces a program called Daru Dolanki, which means in Soninke yesterday and today, which is focused on local histories. And after this general introduction, um, each broadcast would begin by indicating the village where the record was made. So we can hear 
hear how the radio both attempted to involve each specific locality in its work by going there to collect sound and also posited Kai, which is always quoted in the signal code, as a new center from which such a cultural work was uh, conducted. Lovely. I love in the article a way in which you talk about the, how the radio produces this kind of circulation, right? That people come to the radio station itself, they want to check in, um, and they also send letters in, and then how radio broadcasters themselves leave the station, they move out to go collect information, um, to record uh, interactions with people and to tell stories and to bring those back to the radio. It's just such a lovely image of um, the circulation, sort of in, in contrast to the idea of a big tower broadcasting out just sound. I think we really see the ways in which communities are built around radio stations and they draw people in. So you don't use sound in this particular article, but will you use these, these sound archives that you have in future work? Yes, um, uh, it's, um, it takes time and um, it requires uh, linguistic skills and uh, I can uh, work on some of the languages of the radio, but not all, uh, and often with uh, help. So this is uh, my present work um, for the future. And for the moment, I'm truly honored to be able to share my first thoughts on the topic with the readers of the Journal of African History. Excellent. And we're delighted to have it too. So we wish you great luck in your research and we look forward to hearing and seeing more of it in the future. Thank you, Marissa. Thank you, Isa too.